Yo, what's up? Chris, where you at, man? Yo, I'm on the way, right? Look, yo, we got to shoot the show, man. Do not be late. Yo, I'm literally in the Uber right now. You're not in the Uber. You're, you're going to be late. <laughs> I am in the Uber. Why you're always late, brother. You're What's up, everybody? Yo. It is us again, RSVP. Relatively speaking, back for another episode, episode yeah. five. Let's get it. And it's going to be a live one, ladies and gentlemen. Man. What's going on? I'm your host, King, alongside it, my man. It's your boy, Christian. What's up? We got, a, we got a crazy episode today. How you feeling today, man? I feel good. I'm a little nervous about this episode we're about to do, but... <laughs> a little nervous, but... Uh, so What's going on with you, man? How's your week been? Week's been good. Everything's going well. Uh, I know you guys heard about my injury. A lot of you guys have been hitting me, asking me how my back's doing. I'm doing therapy three times a week, physical therapy with the chiropractor. They're getting me tight. I'm close to 100%, so I'm feeling good on that. You um, got some uh, big things coming up. Uh, I do. I do. Um, so April 5th, uh, uh, with uh, my church, Live Church, we got a huge night of worship plan, a huge event for the city, so you'll start seeing a lot of flyers for that. Nice. Um, I got a secret. I can't really say the other thing. We I can't got, talk about that yet. I can't talk about that yet. I, I got. I, I got, was gonna get an exclusive. Nah, 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 nah. I can't. This I can't guy. give you the uh, Gail, the Gail King right now. All but right. I will say I got a big surprise coming at the end of April. So pretty exciting. You guys want to stay tuned and keep up with that today? Yeah. We're gonna be talking about another extremely sensitive topic. Uh, we're gonna be talking about pastors and the money that they make and how they spend that money. Uh, this has been something that has been kind of a sensitive topic in the churches for a long time. Yeah. And so we decided that we were going to go ahead and dive in on the discussion. Uh, so this week we you, asked the question. We can't just talk about R. Kelly some more? No, we're we done with R. Kelly. <laughs> we got to get down to the nitty gritty. Right, let's, let's get it, let's get it, let's get it, let's get it, let's get it. So this week on our Facebook group, RSV Podcast Facebook group, uh, we asked a question. Mm -hmm. Do you think some pastors are making too much money? Uh, the votes came in. We had 19 yeses. 19? We had 14 noes. And we have 14, I'm just here to see the result of this poll. Mm. A couple of people just didn't want to tap in on that. I'm here for the comments. Uh, yeah, just here for the comments. Just want to see how this goes. But 19 no's and 14 yeses 
Let me know what's your stance on are some pastors making too much money? Are some pastors making too much money? I'm going to go no on that. You're just going to go flat no? I'm just going to go a flat rate, two, three day business days of no. <laughs> so you feel like, <laughs> so do you, you, so you feel like there is never too much money for a pastor to make? As long as he's not stealing from the church. As long as he's not stealing from as the church. As long as he's not stealing from the church, who 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 draws the line of what's too much or or, or not too much? That's the I, that, that would be my question. So I've been giving this a lot of thought, yeah. and I don't really have a line of what's too much and what's not too much. Okay. I think. Oh, what's your answer to the poll? First of all. So my answer is yes. Some pastors are making too much money. Yes. Okay. And when I say making too much money, I go more personal. Okay. So I go uh, as far as um, I think it's, you know what, I want to correct my answer. I don't think it's they're making too much money. I think my concern is more so of what they're doing with the money when they make it. That's a dip, you know, that's different. Yeah. I, okay, I, I see where you're at with that. So I feel like when I was thinking of the question, make too much money, I was thinking more so of stacking, just keeping too much money. Stacking yeah, and yeah, yeah. keeping too much money, right? And, and keeping it all to themselves. As opposed to doing other things with it. Like. And so, I mean, we're going to get into okay, that. Okay, cool, cool, cool. That. I'm ready. Uh, I'm so you got down. a lot of passes out there that are bringing in uh, some, I mean, some hefty money. Uh, one of the pastors that, uh, I like his show, Joe Osteen. Mm -hmm. uh, Joe Osteen, his church brings in about $70 million a year. Wow. And according to Joel, he doesn't even take a salary from the church. Okay. Uh, he takes a, uh, he, most of his money comes from his books. Engagements. Engagements and things like That's that. That's very honorable. That is very honorable. Okay. I'm, you know, I'm not mad at that. Okay, cool. I don't know what you're mad no, at. No, no, so no, I'm, you I'm know, not mad at I don't that. know what you're mad at. Uh, but Joel has a house. Uh-huh. The house is worth $2.5 million. Okay. Let's let's show this house. Two point five million dollars. I'm cool with that. I'm gonna let y'all look at this house for a second. This is a very nice house. How, how? Tell me why you're cool with that. I wanna I wanna understand. I wanna understand how it is okay for Joel Osteen to have a ten point five million dollar house. Ten point five or two point five? Ten. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Did that change? Yeah, I thought you said two point five. Um, I mean, why? I guess it's hard for me to answer that. My question would be, why is it not okay for him to have a ten point five million dollar house if he has that much money? Like, if he has that much money, if he can afford it, if he's not late on his mortgage, if his family isn't slipping, if his church isn't slipping, it's like, if if everything is balanced and proportioned in his life. You know why can't why can't why why can't why can why can LeBron James have a fifty million dollar house? Like I, I don't you know I, I, I think the burden of proof is on you of why he can't have this house. Okay, and I will take that burden of proof, and I'm <laughs> going to talk about it here on the show. First of all, LeBron James and Joe Osteen are in two completely different industries. Okay, all right. LeBron James is an athlete. Yes. Plays basketball. Yes. He's all right. No, I'm just playing. He's, oh, he's, okay. Let's stay, on, uh, let's stay on this episode. <laughs> but, but Joe Osteen, his whole purpose is to be a servant. Okay. Right? 
to serve the people. Which he does. Which he does. Okay. But I feel like with a $10.5 million house, I just feel like that type of money can go into other directions to help other people who may be suffering, who may be poor, who lights may be about to get cut off, uh, families that don't have food and things like that. I think that you don't have to go 10.5. I feel like you can get a nice proportionate house that will sustain and take care of you and your family, and you don't have to go 10.5. You could have used some of that money. So how? So what should he go? What's the line? Well, we're gonna try to figure out what this line is or what this line should be. I'm not my whole be, thing, I'm my whole gonna... my whole thing to that is yes, it could go towards helping people. It could go towards paying people's rent. It could go towards I don't know water yeah. in Flint, Michigan. It could go to anything, but that's not his responsibility. Why not? Because his responsibility is to serve the church by using his gift, which is pastoring, shepherding, teaching the word of God, which he does consistently and faithfully. That's his responsibility. If he feels led to go beyond that and help people in their personal lives, cool, great. But what are we doing this for? What, what are, we, are we doing this for? What are we doing? What are, why are we ministering? Why is he? We're ministering to empower people. Okay. We're ministering to empower people to take authority of their own lives. Okay. And not be dependent on the church, dependent on the pastor. We're giving principles and wisdom in the church for you to apply yourself to get your own $10 million house. Or it's not even about that. Forget the $10 million house. To get your own prosperity or your own level of success. It's not the pastor's responsibility to pay your rent. If you need your rent paid, that means you're you're exercising a lack of wisdom somewhere in your in your in your thirty day month pay period. Like, really, I would say so. So you don't feel like people just fall on hard times and can't come up with the money? Of course, some people fall on hard times and can't come with the money. Is that the pastor's responsibility? I mean, he's there to serve the people. He's got all this ex all this excess money. Why not? I'm just saying. Why is- not take some of this money and help some of the people in your congregation? If you can sit back and say, yo, everybody in my congregation is good, then maybe I can see you going and spending $10.5 million on a house. But if you're sitting in a $10.5 million house and somebody in your congregation is barely being able to feed their family, I think that's a little off balance and I think it's wrong. Yeah, but I'm just saying there's a, there are reasons why people are barely able to feed their family. It's not just like... You know, are, are they working? Are they diligent? Are they budgeting? Are they are they wise? Like, listen, those qu- those are age, questions that need to be okay, answered. But in this day and age, somebody could be making minimum wage. All right, and minimum wage is not enough money for most people to survive off of. Right. All right. So, are we going to blame the person that can only make minimum wage? I don't think anybody can just make minimum wage. I think we got to disagree there. Like, I don't think anybody is bound to make a minimum wage. I'm saying the people that are making minimum wage. The people who are making minimum wage are making minimum wage for a reason. That's all I'm saying. It's, that's, that's their choice? They're it's choosing not, to make minimum I'm wage? And they've made choices in life that have led them to the... We all, we all, we all are a summation of our choices. Okay. So they're, they've made choices. It, like the reason Joel Osteen is not making minimum wage is because he's been diligent and faithful in servitude. He's not making minimum wage because he's a pastor and all these people are giving to his church. He's a great pastor. Yeah, he's a great pastor. He's a great pastor. And you said he don't even take a salary from the church. Yeah, but okay, so he takes the money from the books and stuff and, and appearances and things like that. Is that wrong? I'm not saying that that's wrong. I'm just asking. But I'm saying that it's still an extension of the ministry. 
You're still serving. You cannot it just... Is. I, I, it is. It's, just, it's an extension of the ministry. Right. You? So you can't just be like, oh, well, he's selling books, so that's not a part of the ministry. It's still ministry. It's still you're ministry. still serving. Yeah, you're but ministry still isn't free. Money. Ministry isn't free. You're, you're, still, you're, saying that, you're saying that like ministry is free. Ministry isn't free. I didn't say it was. Okay. I'm not saying that he can't make money. He can't make enough money to buy a $10.5 million house. I'm just saying that once you get that type of money... It should not be going into, I think that's selfish. I think it starts becoming about self. And I want to point out something, you know, I'm not going, you know, I, I feel like since we're talking about churches and we're talking about pastors, we got we to gotta use what they base their ministry off of. Okay. We got to use what they preach. So let's talk about this scripture right here. Okay. Where it says, uh, let's show this. It says, as Jesus was starting out on his way to Jerusalem, a man came running up to him, knelt down, and asked, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Rich young ruler. All right, Jesus responded, Why do you call me good? Only God is truly good. But to answer your question, you know the commandments. You must not murder. You must not commit adultery. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely. You must not cheat anyone. Honor your father and mother. And the, and the guy responded, teacher, I've obeyed all these commandments I since I was that. young. I did all that. And then Jesus said, looking at the man, genuine love for him. There is still one thing you haven't done. He told him, go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor and you will have treasures in heaven. Yes. Then come follow me. We're going to talk about this when we get back. It's RSVP. Yeah. To listen and view Relatively Speaking video podcasts, subscribe to the YouTube channel, RSV Podcasts, also available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Breaker, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public. Join the RSV Podcast Facebook group to join in on the conversation. gentlemen relatively speaking today we are talking about pastors and money which is a huge thing in the uh, church realm in the religious realm uh, the money is a very sensitive thing yes when it comes to the church realm uh, and before we left we talked about the scripture of the rich man the rich young ruler the rich man asking Jesus what must I do uh, to inherit heaven and Jesus told him, sell all your possessions, man. Yes. Get rid of all that stuff and give to the poor because where we're supposed to be storing up treasures is not here on earth. But in heaven. But in heaven. I agree with that 100%. So how can, you, how can you justify storing up this type of bread to purchase... I'm just saying it's all relative. Are we saying that Joel, Joel Osteen is not given to the poor or whoever? Like, you know what I'm saying? How, what are we saying? Uh, so we're saying that he is given to the poor. I, would, I mean, I don't know my man's, you know, I ain't seen his tax returns, but I, I would assume, <laughs> I would assume that he okay. is a very philanthropic person, you know? Okay, so do you feel like because he gives to the poor 
that justifies him having a ten point five million dollar house. I'm not justifying him having a ten point five million dollar house. So what's your what's your thoughts on the ten point? Give it to me straight. What's your thoughts on the ten point five million? My thoughts on million? the 10.5. Do you feel like that's a little excessive? I do feel like it's excessive. Thank you. Is it wrong? No, I, I think it is wrong. It's relative. That's my opinion. That's my opinion. It's just my opinion that says he's wrong. I'm not going to say he's wrong. I think he's I wrong. I would say it's a little excessive. Right. But that's based on that's based on me. Like, I don't really want a big house. Okay. I, I'm more of a loft type of dude. Hey, you, you know, know what I'm saying? Give me a little penthouse. You know what I'm saying? Over the city. A little balcony. Yeah, I don't need a lot of space. I'm with that. That's me. You know what I mean? But my loft might cost $2 million. Is that excessive? Well, uh, uh, okay, uh, okay. I'm not going to say, I'm not going to say that that's excessive, right? Mm-hmm. What I'm going to say is, it all depends on what your profession is. Why? That doesn't make sense to it me. It makes perfect sense. Why? Okay, you said, how come LeBron can live in a $50 million house and not a pastor? Right. All right? So to me, uh, one of the scriptures says to abstain from the appearance of evil. Yes. And I feel like with the church... We are willing to abstain from the appearance of evil until it comes down to the money. Okay. I feel like another scripture says, be not conformed to this world. To this world. Come out from among them. So why would I justify what I'm doing with somebody out there? Why would I justify what I can do with a Beyonce or a LeBron? They're not Christians. That's a good point. They're not. Well, I'm not going to say they're not Christians. Beyonce and LeBron, we love you. Yeah. I I, I apologize about that. I didn't mean to say that. They're not preachers. Right, but they're not preachers. So why is it okay to conform in that area? Why is it okay to say, oh, well, he he has this house and he's spending the money this way. Why can't I spend the money this way? Where I agree with you, the Bible does say that it's very hard for a rich man to enter heaven. Extreme, tell him how hard. What's the Bible say? It says it's like a camel going through the eye of a needle, I believe is what it says. Let's just think about this for a second. A camel going through the eye of a needle, that's how hard it is for a rich man to get into heaven. I agree. And I don't think that they put that in the Bible just to throw it in there. I agree. I don't think it was like a, you know, let's just throw this in here. We don't really have nothing to talk about. Let's talk about, you know, how hard it is with the money. Let's do that. No, they put that in there for a reason because once people start getting a certain amount of money, Chris, I believe people become selfish. I believe it starts to become about them. And what I am talking about with these particular things is I am talking about the excessive amount of money. T.D. Jakes. All right. The Potter House out there in Houston, Texas. Love TD Jakes. Bought a house mm-hmm. for $5.5 million. Let's see this right here. $5.5 million. All right. It ain't 10. It's five. All right. My question, again, is when it comes to the excessive amount of money, because when you only have a little bit of money, you can't really dish it out like that, Right. Yeah. Uh, last episode, you brought up a very great point when Steve Harvey said that the best way for me to help poor people is not be one of them. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying that you should be poor or that you should not have, you know, a, a good amount of money to take care of your family, take care of your ministry and all these other things. But what I'm talking about 
as I'm talking about when it gets to the excessive amount. You know where I'll actually concede, and I do agree with you on this. I think that if Jesus, like if we're just being real, right, and Jesus literally just came down and just like watched how some of our pastors are living, he would not be pleased with it. He would be like, this is excessive. We could do more. We could be more like him. You know what I'm saying? What's the whole purpose of being a Christian? To be Christ? Be Christ-like. Right. Yes. So to be more like him. So I do agree with that. It's hard for a rich man to get into heaven. Don't be conformed to this world. All of that is cool. Where I'm saying we're in a dangerous space is one, the Bible is also very clear on being not slothful and being uh, 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 wise as a serpent when it comes to business. So, so there is this perception that Christians aren't supposed to be good business people, which is ridiculous. I disagree with that. Okay, so we should be conducting good business. There's a parable with the man with the talents. God gave one person five talents, another person two, another one one. The one with five and the one with two invested and doubled theirs. The one who didn't do anything with theirs, he called him a wicked and unfaithful servant. Right. Because he was so ridiculously lame with the business. Right. So there is a, there is a, there is a side of it about being consistent and wise as a serpent, the Bible says, in business. But the dangerous space that we're in right now is we are, we are looking at someone's house right. and making a de determination based on their house uh -huh. what they do philanthropically. And it's like if Joel, o if Joel Osteen has a $10 million house, right. but he gave $20 million last year. Ooh, I like that. To the community. Right. Are, are, we, are we judging that? Are we judging that? Because I didn't give $20 million to the community. So let's talk about that word judging. Uh -huh. And let's talk about abstaining from the appearance of evil. First yes. of all, I don't believe that accountability is judging. And I think a lot of times we try to intertwine those things. Okay. And we try to get away with not calling people on the carpet because we don't want to judge. Yeah. Now, this is about accountability. Okay. This is about being accountable with the money. And first of all, there is an already established stigma on pastors and money. That's true. That is probably one of the biggest stigmas when it comes to church. Would yeah. you agree with that? Oh, yeah. that's what Pastors and money. All they want is your money. A lot of people will say all they want is your money. There are a lot of people that stay away from churches for this very reason. That's true. And so to abstain from the appearance of evil, why would you take money and go out and buy a $10.5 million house? What do you think that is going to look like to other people? You can't, li you can't live your life based on what it you looks can. like. Wow, you can't. No, you can't. You can't. You can't live your life because you, you're, you're never going to please everybody. No, you're not. You what I'm saying is you can use some wisdom and understand how this is going to look. Yo, and I think that a lot of our past... Bro, the please don't... If you got to say... Please don't think that I'm saying a lot of our pastors aren't taking advantage of the system and like it's, it's a lot of that going it's on. It's a lot of that going on. Okay, but uh, what are you saying is the line? That is my question. What? How, how big can this house be? Alright, so I can't really call the line. I can say that they do studies all the time on what an average family makes and what, you know, will sustain you and things like that. So I can't really say what the line is. I know there's an average out there of households and things like that where you can be good and I think that when it comes to the excessiveness of it, I think that sometimes we go past good and then we go into selfishness. Now, you said, what if the house is 10 million, but he gave away 20 million? Right. I want to talk about the excessiveness, right? Okay. All right. And let's just use it in a more practical meaning. All right. If you have enough money uh -huh. to buy 30 cars. Yes. Right? Yes. So you got 30 cars. Uh-huh. 
alright, and you give away 20 of them, what reason do you still need 10 cars for? I might not I might not need 10 cars. Right. But who is anybody else to judge me for having 10 cars I'm if all not my saying if, all, if all my responsibilities are taken? I'm not talking about you. I'm just we're talking yeah. about everybody now. Right. Who is anybody else to judge me for having 10 cars if all my responsibilities are taken care of? But Chris, all I'm saying is if you got 10 cars and one of your members is walking to church, you should have nine. And if another member is walking to church, you need to drop it down to eight. Why do you have all these cars? Because uh, to me, that, that to me that's strengthening and empowering uh, a lack of authority for your own life, a lack of a lack of applying the principles. You're not the the the, the pastor is not your savior, yo. No, we're not Gee. talking about the pastor being the savior. Okay, so. If you don't have a car, right. that's not your pastor's responsibility to no, get no, no. you a car. I'm not saying Would it be nice? Yes. yes. Would it be honorable? Yes. We all clap our hands and say, man, that was a huge uh, show of humility. Yes. If he doesn't do it, am I, do I have negative words to say about the pastor? I'm Absol not, absolutely not. What I'm not. saying is, what is the use of eight cars? I don't. I, that's what I'm, are you understand what I'm saying? I Listen, do understand what you're what saying. What is the use of you having eight cars? What do you need? Because we're talking about a necessity. What do you need eight cars for? Bro, I do agree with you that there is an area. The Bible says all that's in the world is lust, pride, and pride. So right. I think there is a, there, or lust, lust, and pride. So I think there is an area where, like, you know, it's, it, it's very difficult for a rich man to get into heaven. Like, it's you start, very you start, difficult. You start getting into that world. You start, me and my dad was just talking about this. Like, you start making money. And it starts getting it, it to start you. getting weird. It starts it start getting, getting tricky. Yeah, it starts getting real tricky with the decisions that you start making, and you know you can get a little jaded by that. Absolutely. At the same time, bro, as 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 members and as people, we have to stop idolizing and and creating monuments out of these pastors. But is it idolizing if I'm coming to your church and I'm catching the bus and I got my kids with me every Sunday and I'm giving my last, Yo, I'm giving my that. last, and, but if and you, you, if you riding around and- If you really feel that way, you don't gotta come to my church. Like, no, it's not, it's not my responsibility. We're not talking about responsibilities, we're talking about Excessive. We're talking about excessive. Let me give well, you we another. Can't even, we can't even draw a hard let, line on what's excessive. Let me give you another example of that. All right. Uh, if I have enough money to buy 20 pizzas. Uh-huh. Right? And I give away 10 of the pizzas. Mm-hmm. Right? I keep 10 for myself. I'm not going to eat 10 pizzas. Right. So I can give somebody who's hungry one of these pizzas. Yeah. Why do I need to keep 10 for myself? Even if I gave, if I gave 15 away. That's true. And I still got five. So I, listen, I gave 15, I gave 15 pieces away, but I'm gonna sit here and eat five. I'm just saying the pizza and the Bentley, that's two different concepts. I think it's, but I think it's relative Bentleys in the sense go, of. Bentleys don't go to waste. <laughs> I, I wouldn't even say I wouldn't even be mad at one Bentley, but I think that sometimes it becomes a little excessive. I think I we gotta start paying attention to this. I uh, coming up next, we're gonna be doing King's Common Sense. We're gonna be right back with more on this topic. We're RSVP. 
Love the classic movies? Well, 24 Flicks has you covered. You can watch some of your favorite movies and TV shows you've known and loved. Watch anytime and anywhere and as many times as you want. Simply go to 24flicks.com and start watching now. 24 Flicks is your home for unlimited, family-friendly, on-demand videos. Yes, it is King's Common Sense, ladies and gentlemen. Time to do the daggone thing. Uh, this one is brought to us by Jerry Lancaster. Uh, Jerry Lancaster sent this one in Jerry, to us. Jerry, what's up? Uh, so in light of the spring break coming up mm -hmm. and us talking about the Bible uh, and these pastors, I thought that this was a pretty good one uh, for the timing. Let's go ahead and put this one up. Uh, the young lady says, spring break plans are set and stoned. They are. <laughs> spring break spring plans, break plans are, set are set and high off their butt cheeks. <laughs> and set stoned. And stoned. Uh, I don't know if she was talking about smoking weed or set. I don't know if she was talking about he, without sin, to cast the first one. But that is... Set in stone. Jerry, you got a $20 Visa gift card. That's a good one, Jerry. Way. Yeah, we like that one. Uh, so... Please stay off the weed on spring break, people. Listen, uh, spring break was going down in Miami last week. It got a little crazy out there. Uh, Y'all need to be safe. Yeah, man. Uh, talking about these pastors and the excessiveness. Mm -hmm. uh, so, uh, we mentioned that the young lady... Uh, who was five years old. She got a $125,000 car Ridiculous. for her birthday. Uh, and then you have your man Creflo. Uh -huh. Last name Dollar. Uh-huh. A no, couple of... Not by choice. Was it months ago? I'm not sure. No, that was a while ago. Uh, was like a while a year ago. Or two. Was it years? Yeah, at least. All right, so a couple of years ago, Creflo, uh, who already has a bunch of money, a bunch of planes, puts out this advertisement for $60 million to get another plane. Asking for the church, asking for the church to help him get this $60 million plane. Not his money. I'm not about to not have my 3.5, 10.5, whatever million dollar house. I ain't about to go in my pocket and buy this plane. Don't do that. Y'all. Don't do all that. Y'all. I'm not about to come up off my What do, do you that. mean? Come on, don't I'm, I'm securing the no, I, did, I actually did. Uh, I actually did feel a way about that at the time. I felt like how that did was, you feel? I felt like that was a little, it just rubbed me the wrong way. You know what I mean? Uh, I do believe that planes are good for ministry. Him going back and forth. Cool, cool, cool. I already got four. But to ask, you know, for $60 million, however much money it was, I, it did run me the wrong way at the time. At this, But then the other thing of it is, bro, he asked his church. Already got four. He asked his church. Okay. He didn't put out a, a Instagram sponsor post Actually, for the world. he did. No, he was he talking asked, to his... He I believe members, he was talking to members of his church. No, he said it's for members and non-members. Well, if you want to sell it to the ministry, then sell it to the ministry. <laughs> I'm you know saying? what I'm saying? Chris, $60 million, million ministry. for a plane, and you already have four. What I'm talking about... Are you I'm sure you already have four? Yes. That sounds like I, fake news. Yeah, he had four. I want to be clear on what I'm talking about, ladies and gentlemen. I am not putting down pastors for having money. What I'm talking about is when we get to a point where we have an excessive amount of money, when we have an excessive amount of supply, and we can help somebody else... What's going on with this 
taking care of and us a little say, too and a I, little too much. And I will say that I think that Jesus that that Jesus would agree with that. I, I if, we're, if we're really just strictly talking about Jesus coming down and viewing how we're living our lives. I think Jesus was. was it Peter or Paul. Which one of them said how much they wanted to get? How, how, give me my, just give me my portion. That was the what, prodigal son. Okay. Prodigal son said, "Give me my money and I'm out." Just give me my, my portion. My portion. Right. Oh no, that's Paul. That's what I'm talking. Just about. give me my portion. Just give don't my, give me too much. Don't, don't give me too little. Just give me what's for me. Just give me what's for me. That's my prayer, Lord. Just give me what's for just me. Just give me what's for me. That's it, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we are going to be talking about this when we get back. Uh, coming up, we got Christian's intuition. intuition. Yes, I'm a little interested to hear how this Christian's intuition <laughs> is going to go. I'm and also, too. we got Can You Relate? We're going to be right back. To listen and view Relatively Speaking video podcasts, subscribe to the YouTube channel, RSV Podcasts, also available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Breaker, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public. Join the RSV Podcast Facebook group to join in on the conversation. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, we are back, relatively speaking. We've been talking about pastors and the money. Uh, and since we've been talking about church uh, this entire episode, we decided that we was just going to go ahead and take communion. Uh, yeah, that's, woo, little Thank red you, Lord. Ah, Got it is it. time for one of our favorite segments. Can you relate, ladies and gentlemen? Can you relate? This is where we take a couple of topics and we decide on whether or not we can relate to them. And we use relatives or strangers, any type of person, to kind of bring in how well we relate to the matter. Uh, it's always a good one. It's always a good one. Uh, and I think I got some good ones here today, man. I have not seen them as usual, so here we go. I have not seen them as usual. They're always a surprise for them. Uh, <laughs> and the first one is a New York lawmaker wants to make calling cops on innocent black people a hate crime. He wants to make it a law. That if you call the cops on innocent black people, it is considered a hate crime now. Just like when you mess with homosexuals, just like this is, a, this is now going to be a hate crime. You cannot keep calling the police on black people not doing nothing. Where what's my or relation? how What's my relation to this? <laughs> my relation to this is my Lord and Savior, <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's how close and related I am to this. <laughs> this is absolutely incredible. They're going to make it a hate crime. Hate crime. To, to make calling the cops on black people who haven't done anything, that's a hate crime? Bro, I am 100%. Where's the petition? I'll sign it now. Okay. And you know uh, who they're referring to when they talk about calling the cops on innocent black people. We got we to gotta keep it in, in you know... In perspective, because Good. they're probably talking about white people. That's what I'm assuming. Right, because white people have been out here. Uh, you know, we've had a lot of stories of white cops people quick, man. And calling that's not the cops. Cool, man. Like, you don't even put uh, anybody life in jeopardy for a disagreement. Uh, or, uh, yeah, on, man. I'm cool. definitely going twin brother you gotta go on this on one. That one. All right, this is like we are super, super close. Yeah. All right. When I can't go to class, he going in class, taking the test for mm -hmm. me. We got the same clothes. I mean, we super close <laughs> on this uh, because this right here is something that for some reason has picked up. 
a lot of momentum lately. Yeah. Uh, it's a lot of calling the, the police. A lot of calling on, the feds on, real quick. On, on like just barbecuing and yeah. uh, loud like music. That, loud and, music. And, yeah. uh, and I think it's starting to get out of hand. And I think that if you put some, like, some type of measure in place like this, I think it'll get people to say, maybe I don't want to get yeah, involved yo, with stop this. Weaponizing maybe the police, I might want to mind my business on this one. Out here, man. Uh, Let us have this barbecue. Your man, Daniel Caesar. I heard he said something crazy. What'd he say? All right, so he went on uh, live, he got on a video, and he said that black people should stop being mean to white people. Uh, he doesn't understand why we get to be mean to each other and or, you know, we're the race that we're too sensitive at this point. Uh, and we need to stop being mean to, to white people. And he got, uh, you know, he got in his feelings about it. Uh, what's your relation to that? All right, so this might be a little alarming, but I'm going to go second cousin. Second cousin, not the first cousin. Not first cousin. So we're not that All close. Right. I don't see you more than two, three times a year, but we are related. Okay. I kind of, I got. I would have to hear the full context of his statement, but just that little blurb. We shouldn't be mean to white people. Like, I would agree with that. Like, I think part of uh, I think part of our growth as a as an ethnicity and as a as a culture is going to be in not playing the victim anymore and not blaming. And you know, what I mean, like just getting out of that whole mentality of being defined by the slavery era. Yeah, the residue and the remnants of it are still very prevalent in our country today. But, you know, once we kind of show that we're above that kind of like racial tension like we're above that like we're not even on that no more we're we're better than that uh that'll help us heal internally and maybe maybe it'll improve race relations maybe. you know i like how you did that i like you you brought a lot of intellectual things into that thank you brother i'm going with <laughs> these niggas <laughs> man if you don't get out of here with this bull crap Man, these this that's the first thing I thought of when I said. So you said we should be mean to white people. I'm not saying that we should be mean to white people. I just feel like too much has been done at this point for us to keep going down this road of being sensitive to white people feelings getting hurt. No, I'm just saying it'll help us heal. It'll be good for us, bro. It'll be good for us. What I'm saying is, it's too much of this tiptoeing around white people's feelings when it comes to certain things. And if a white person is truly not racist and is truly understanding of what black people have went through in this country, they would not be offended by a lot of the stuff that they hear. So anytime a white person gets offended by black people talking about what they've been through or what they have to yeah, go they gotta through, start, they gotta chill with that. then I feel like you're kind of letting you just like pull your skirt down a little bit. Your races are showing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like you got to stop being so. It's that shut up and dribble. Yeah, yeah, yeah that yeah, shut yeah. up and dribble mentality. Yeah, yeah. I don't really like it. So I feel like they got to kind of step back away from that. Uh, the next one we have here uh, is we have an article. Okay. That says losing a dog can be harder than losing a relative or friend. Losing a relative or a friend or a friend losing a dog. Cujo is gone and I am devastated. I don't want to eat. I don't want to talk to anyone. I just want to sit in my room. I'm over my mama. She's good. But Cujo, yeah. I, I'm just devastated beyond 
I just don't understand. All right, well, I don't want to disrespect any of the dog lovers. Oh, you know they're out there. I know they're out there. Yeah, they're coming I got two dogs at the house that I love. Uh, this is but be to a say one. that losing an animal, uh, it should be as devastating as a relative, someone in your family, or a friend. Uh-huh. Yeah. We have to go with the, uh, with the crackhead at the gas station on this. <laughs> oh, my. Okay. Not only are we not related, stay away from me, okay? Don't touch me. Don't have any change for you. Get away from my car. We had the same outfit on for six months. I don't like it. I don't like it. Come on, yo. Let's be realistic about this. People are more valuable than dogs. I said it, okay? Yeah. Pets are important. I have, if my dog die, I'm going to cry a little bit. It ain't going to be as devastating as me losing my friend, a soul, a, a human being, like, I mean, I know y'all gonna cover my head on that, but I don't care. Like, I don't care. I don't care. Uh, so you just feel, uh... I don't care. Like, let's stop playing, man. Like, stop playing. Like, you should not be calling out of work because your dog died. Okay. That's just me, yo. Like, I, I feel you on you that. You should feel bad. It should be tough, but come on, man. Like, it's... I'm gonna go Mike Vick's math teacher. Oh, my God. <laughs> I have no clue who <laughs> this person is. Uh, but I'm pretty sure Mike Vick is like, hey man, y'all just gonna take it too far <laughs> uh, with this animal stuff. I'm just saying it right now. Uh, yeah, I'm going Mike Vick's math teacher because I just don't understand this. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, I am not. I know it's. I know it's a lot of pet lovers out there, right? I. Okay, I get it. You know what I'm saying? I don't have no pet, so maybe I don't. But a pet over a human being. Like, you lost your brother, and you okay, but Scruffy has just got you all emotional and mixed up about life. Oh, my life, God, not And you Scruffy. just can't figure out I'm not what saying, to do. I'm not saying you shouldn't be hurt or it shouldn't be devastating, but it shouldn't that. be comparable to but you. But comparing it to it shouldn't be comparable a to relative... That's not cool. Let me tell you something right now. Oh. I'd, be, I'd be 90 degrees hot hey, bro. if somebody was more upset bro. about losing their goldfish than when I pass. That might be mad teacher. <laughs> that was too funny. That is ridiculous, that man. That is hilarious. Okay, and the last one. Uh, this one right here. Whew. I don't know where to go after that. Let's, this one right here, man. This is going to be an interesting one because the ex-wife. Ex-wife. Of a man that won $273 million. He hit the lottery for $273 million. She said she still don't want him back. Can you relate yeah. <laughs> to being that done with somebody where I don't care if you got $273 mil. I don't care if you came up on it. I don't want nothing to do with you. Can you relate to just this? Just, it just got to that point. 273 million. Do y'all see this? 273 million. She was like, nah, I'm good. I don't want you back. It was that bad. Where you All at? Right, well, I think we're going to disagree on this. Uh oh. But uh, my exit, the lotto for 273 million dollars, brushing off that contact list. <laughs> I'm gonna have to go with, in the spirit of, of this session, I'm going with my crackhead's dog at the gas station. I don't know that dog either. Keep the dog away from me. I need you back. I miss you, 
I love you. I'm going back to handwritten letters on this one. I'm talking about tears on the page, little cologne. Skushka, I miss you. I love you. Girl, you know we belong together. Are you I need 273? We can make it work. Yeah, are you serious? You're going to bypass all the things that went wrong. Therapy session, $200 an hour. We got that. Let's get it. Let's get it. Bro, 273. We at least got to talk. We at least got to have a, we got to speak on it at least. Man. You wildin'. 273? 273. Uh, we gotta make that work. Let me go with, uh, I'm gonna change I'm it up. I'm outside the house. Let's Hold up, let me, uh, I gotta change it up a little bit. Uh, Let's stay together. Here's Let's what I'm gonna go with right here. Loving uh, you forever. Yeah, don't sing that. Weather. I can't believe you would go back. What? what? 273? I can't, I can't believe that. Y'all keep it 100. No, seriously, keep it a hundred. Here's what I'm going with. I'm going with. My wife is watching. My wife is watching. There is no way in the world that I'm going to sit on this show. There is no amount of money <laughs> I will compromise. And say that I'm going back anywhere. No, I'm not Ooh, going back. This with the Bill no, Clinton. Even if I was single, uh, I have been done with some people to the point where it's like, I, I don't know. See, I like, haven't. I'm, I'm, still, I still, right I'm still on pretty good terms right. with anybody I've so ever dated. My, I, I'm going to put nobody's name out there, but I had a relationship where there's nothing that would make me go back and I knew you would say that. with this person ever. I, I don't care how much they come up. That is not happening. There's no way. Yeah. Man, I, and I, I just don't have a relationship that bad where I, I can't go back. It can work out. We can work this out. <laughs> at least talk about it. Well, Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to be back <laughs> with intuition. Uh, Y'all stay tuned, or relatively speaking. No, it's 273. To listen and view Relatively Speaking video podcasts, subscribe to the YouTube channel, RSV Podcasts, also available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Breaker, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public. Join the RSV Podcast Facebook group to join in on the conversation. And we're black. I mean back. To relatively speaking, RSVP, I am one of your hosts, King, alongside my nephew. It's your boy Christian. And it is time uh, to bring it home. Yes, sir. With Christian's intuition what you got for the people well I, man i got a lot on this i'm gonna say three quick points that i want to get to all right uh and then we're gonna go ahead and get out of here uh with, with this whole thing about talking about money and religion and pastors and preaching three things i want to say really quickly one i do agree with a lot of things king said there's a there's a verse in proverbs that says better better is little with the fear of the lord than great gain and trouble therewith mm. so i think we really have to check our value system it's better to have just what you need, be content, be able to take care of your family, be in your right frame of mind, but not have this selfishness and this greed being cultivated inside of you that the culture is constantly pressuring you to feel. So that's number one, man. It's better to just have your portion, like Paul said, and just be committed to your family, be committed to your vision, and not get into this area of access because that's where it becomes hard to enter the kingdom of heaven. Because yeah. you're battling not only temptation, but 
the ability to fulfill any temptation that you have. Like, you know what I mean? So that's a difficult thing. Number two, when it comes to giving to the church, we have to change our mentality. You are not giving to your pastor. Mm. If you're giving to the pastor, you've already missed the whole point of giving. And according to the Bible, you shouldn't give it at all if you're giving grudgingly. You're giving to the church. And if you honestly are, do believe that there's a sovereign God that's in heaven and who's overlooking everything, he's looking at your heart anyway and not the numbers in the bank account. So giving to the church is way more important because it is your uh, 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 sacrifice to God. And if you're giving with the right intentions and the right motivations and the right heart, it honestly doesn't matter what the pastor is doing in the back with the money because your reward is not based on what he does with your money anyway, but your posture towards God. Lastly, what I want to say is something that I really wanted to talk about. I just saved it for this. Um, in Acts 2, it talks about right when Jesus went up to heaven. This is like right after uh, the day of Pentecost and the spirit came. The Bible says all of the believers, everyone, not just the pastors, mm. sold all their possessions and gave to everyone who was in need. So they lived on like this kind of like this barter system where nobody had more than anybody else. And that was like the first church. Wow. So technically, it's not just the pastors who are supposed to do, be doing this. But we all as believers are supposed to be uh, not supposed to be. But the ideal world is, is everyone has their portion. Wow. Nobody has more than anybody else. They all sold their possessions and whoever needed something, they gave it based on what everyone has. So that's 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 that should be the mindset that we approach with this. Uh, especially with pastors, I do believe with you, they are held to a higher level of accountability. And those are my feelings on that. I think that we all can take a lesson from this particular episode uh, as far as when it comes to uh, being good stewards over the things that we have. Mm -hmm. uh, I believe that God blesses us to be a blessing. Yes. And so at times we must take ourselves out of the equation and start thinking how uh, can I help somebody else, mm. uh, especially in my opinion, when it comes to uh, excess? All right. When you have a lot more than others, uh, maybe you can, you know, live off or do with, you know, just a little less. Uh, Barack Obama had a speech one time uh, where he was talking about money and tax breaks and things like that. And he simply said, you know what? I'm, I'm good at this point. I mean, how many trips can I take? How, you know, how many more? things cannot buy. You know, I can afford to pay a little more. And when you start thinking like, listen, I'm good. You know, I, I have enough. You know, the family's good. How can I start helping somebody else? Because uh, I feel like in this world we're living in, we're getting away uh, from just being humane mm. and, and, and caring and loving for one another. And so I challenge and encourage everybody uh, to just take a step back uh, nobody can really draw the line for you. Mm -hmm. uh, we talked about a lot of things here on the show today uh, about having, you know, million dollar houses and things like that. But nobody can really draw the line for you. Just make sure that you are being a good steward mm -hmm. over what God gives you. Yeah. And uh, I believe that you, as well as others, will continue to be blessed. My name is King. I'm Christian. And this has been Relatively Speaking. Yes, sir. That was good, bro. Yes. Yeah, that was good.